Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. My special guest tonight is poet Linda Olson Graham. Her book, Earth, Ocean, Heavens, a mini guidebook to aid humanity in entering the new age, can be downloaded now. Linda, welcome to the program. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here, Michael. Thank you. Well, I'm, you know, I've already got a smile on my face. Already, <laughs> I've got a smile on my face, and that's always a good sign. Always well, a good sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> well, Linda, it's time for us to start this poetic journey. And my first okay. question to you is, what is poetry? Well, I believe poetry is an emotional expression that has the capacity to be felt viscerally. It it helps people to understand certain aspects of life that they may not have understood otherwise. I, you know, I, that's tell, me I tell me more. Yeah, tell me more about that. I'd like to hear a little bit more about poetry. Well, it's it's felt on a deeper level. I feel, and you know, some people are sensitive to vibrations and. And you feel things internally. Sometimes it's not always the exact intellectual thought, but in a poem and the way that it's expressed, um, not always in a straightforward sort of way, but deeper thoughts can be ingested, I feel, when a person connects with poetry. I mean, I've had that experience with, Mm -hmm. I've been moved poems that I've read. You know, one of them was, the beginning of Endymion. I mean, my gosh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. in my very early life. You know, I mean, I was in my twenties, and I went to the Gardner Museum in Boston, and there was the original manuscript of Endymion, which is an epic poem. And um, I remember, I mean, without efforting too much, I mean, I. It's interesting. I, I don't think I could ever be a live performance. In a, do a live performance in a play, but I have memorized some poems and some, you know, the beginning of Endymion. Um, I mean, I could share it with you if you'd like. I'd like that very much, please. Oh, super. Well, um, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. Its loveliness increases. It will never pass into nothingness, but still will keep a bower quiet for us and a sleep full of sweet dreams and health and quiet breathing. Therefore, in every morrow, are we wreathing a flowering band to bind us to the earth, spite of despondence of the inhuman dearth of noble natures, of the gloomy days, of all the unhealthy and over-darkened ways made for our searching. Yes, in spite of all, some shape of beauty moves away the pall from our dark spirits, such the sun, the moon, Trees young and old sprouting a shady boon for simple sheep, and such are daffodils. So that's, you know, it's only the first dozen lines or so, but that goes back decades in my life that 
the meaning, wow. you know, the, how meaningful that was to me. I can tell. So let yeah. me ask you this question. Why sure. is poetry important? Why is it important? Well, I feel that it expresses ideas and emotions, you know, that otherwise may not have been able to be expressed and then absorbed by the person hearing it. I just feel it, it can give people, a, I mean, with my own poetry, I think it honestly um, can enable a person to realize that I write poetry about how peace can be achieved, the weather patterns can be calmed. Um, I've added insights into ending terrorist attacks and um, ending eradicating the pandemic. You know, I, I just think that the well, it's the poetry, you know, and when I share more of my poetry, that's that's what the mm-hmm. the crux of it is. That really is the focus is to help humanity enter a quieter and more peaceful next thousand year cycle. Mm. And it's the title so of my how, book. And many, oh, go ahead. Yes. Well, I was just going to ask, how does a poem then begin for you with an idea, a form, or an image? Um, an idea, mostly. Um, you know, I've had poems flow right through me. Remarkable. I, I mean, I could share one with you that's... Yes. They're, you know, short, they're, they're short and they're <laughs> simply stated, um, but it's titled Destination Peace on Earth. And, you know, some poems just write themselves, and this is fairly simply stated, but it says a lot. There could be someone on the bow of our boat. Our boat is our planet Earth. The landfall being pursued, peace. Planet Earth appears to be going through hell. War, destruction, poverty, starvation only begins the list of horror. Is it time to enter the next thousand-year cycle, an age foretold with peace and light and beauty? Yes. So that's that's that poem. <laughs> wow. Oh, no. You, <laughs> your book, <laughs> Earth, Ocean, Heavens, a mini-guide but to aid humanity in entering the new age. Tell me all about it. What inspired it? Well, um, I sailed in my 20s, thousands of miles, with someone my mother encouraged me to travel with. Um, and actually, I could share a poem about my mother's that sort of introduces that experience, because my first two poems were to the gentleman that I sailed with. But I'll, mm-hmm. I'll share this poem about my mother first, so it gives a little bit of insight. My mother was an angel with wings of grace and beauty. Wisdom and tolerance, gentleness and kindness, packages for years were some of her attributes. She allowed me to be my own person and didn't judge me. I've taught you the difference between right and wrong. You have to make your own decisions. Gave me freedom I took advantage of. When I reflect on dynamics of someone who supported me, loved me, gave me greatest joy, laughed with so hard I had to pull the car off the road, even encouraged me to travel with a gentleman who was capital W wild and capital C crazy, who I then sailed thousands of miles with. I breathe with deepest gratitude. <laughs> so that she, she, she encouraged me to call this gentleman. I was going to drive to Key West by myself from Cape Cod with a golden retriever and a cat and a station wagon fixed up so I could sleep in the back. And <laughs> She thought it would be better if I went with someone, and she knew this gentleman I dated went off to the Caribbean. So 
that was the you know the beginning of this gentleman. I ended up sailing thousands of miles with this gentleman, and she loved him. She was just just a jewel of a mother, just a really jewel of a mother. Sounds like it. Well, yeah. question for you: What did you learn about yourself from that trip, those thousands of miles? Well, the interesting thing that happened, we we actually, I mean, in without making it a story or anything, but we sailed, we were going to drive to Mexico the first fall we were together and my car started burning oil and the gentleman I was with went up Cape Cod, it's 65 mile long peninsula out into the ocean from the east coast of Massachusetts. And he came back and said he bought what he called a $2,000 special. It was a 28 foot sailboat. And we hauled it out in a boatyard here, traded my car to someone to work on the boat and sailed down the inland waterway and we actually were in a tornado in the east coast of Florida. It totaled the boat, and I've had three near-death experiences, and I don't get panicked. I just become really grounded and focused. It's No one knows how they're going to respond, and it's something inside me, just woof, and I just get really focused, and I did exactly what he told me to do. The boat was totaled, and the next summer he bought a 45-foot teak catch, and we went on a six-month cruise to Haiti and Panama and Colombia. When we were in Haiti... I found out I could buy vegetables for half what they cost in Port-au-Prince. I went up to a mountain market. I met a couple up there. We all became friends. One day, the gentleman said, I could teach you and Joseph to meditate and chant. And this reflects back on your question is that when the first time I meditated, I had a visual of heaven, you know, the heavens inside my mind as if I was traveling in space. And it made me feel that the God that I believed in wasn't outside of me. He was inside of me, you know, that, so it was, it was a profound moment in my life. And then the chanting was, um, I didn't know for 20 years is a Buddhist chant of, it's the Buddhism of Nishiren Daishonin, but, you know, the gentleman said, if you chant for something and affirm positive thoughts in your mind, it's how you create things to happen. And we lost the engine when we left Panama. We, I mean, when we left Haiti, we we never used to power anywhere, but we had we sailed along the north coast of the southern peninsula, and then had the intention of sailing 500 miles downwind sailing from the southwest corner of Haiti to Panama, and there was no wind. The captain stirred the engine, clanged and banged and spit oil out the back, and captain wanted to go back to Port-au-Prince, and I said, Joseph, sailboats were made before engines, you know, and I said, and Steve taught us to chant. Why don't we chant for the wind and we chanted for the wind and the wind came up. There's a little more to that story, but I mean, it's, you know, there are ways I think that people can create a positive experience for humanity. I mean, that being one of them, but just positive thought is so important. Um, It's really what, I mean, for 40 years of my life, I've just have, I became involved with, with unity church years ago in 79 and, um, it's a really based on positive thought and believing in, in the good of the world and in people. So it's it's a wonderful way to look at life, really. So thanks so much for asking. <laughs> yes, of course. So your guidebook to aid humanity in entering the new age, talk about the new age. When will it happen? Or are we already there? Well... I honestly believe it could happen in a heartbeat. Um, 
a way that I can describe that with my writing is that um, September 2001, I was doing home health care on Cape Cod. Two ladies that lived next door to each other. I was working for the Visiting Nurse Association. Two ladies that lived next door to each other. One called the one that I was with and said, a plane just hit the World Trade Center building. You know, I, I saw that other plane explode into the building and then went over to the other woman's house and saw the other events evolve from the day. And during September 2001, I had an exhibit up at the Cape Cod Five Bank in Orleans. The exhibit space was a long hallway leading from the parking lot into the bank. I, I used to take what I call big sky photos and photos of natural beauty presence and photos of my sailing days of Haitians and Indians in Panama. So I had those photos, and then I had several pieces of art with writing. I started putting writing in 20 by 24 inch frames with half inch writing when I had a lot of exhibits in the late nineties. And there was one small piece of art in the exhibit that had four thoughts in it. I I saw that plane hit the world trade center building. I woke up the next morning. I had a large frame. So in a 30 by 40 frame, I enlarged two thoughts that were part of the small piece of art and enlarged them in the 30 by 40 frame. So I'll share those with you. The first one was a line that I opened a poetry festival master class writing exercise. The gentleman said, write about something that you're interested in. And then he inserted phrases that were like you bent in the writing. I think the first thing he said was sponges erase the light of the heavens. So whatever we were writing, we're supposed to stop and write what he said and then continue writing. And he inserted several phrases. So I opened that exercise with a complex question simply stated. Has the time arrived when humanity is able to digest the remarkable reality of just how simple it could be to shift the Earth's vibration? So the day after September 11th, the next morning, I woke up inspired to create a new piece of art. I extracted that line, and then another thought that was in that small piece of art shared about the French philosopher Théodore de Chardin, and he mm-hmm. created the word newosphere, N-O-O-S-P-H-E-R-E, to describe a layer of thought that hovers above nature and acts as a universal consciousness. It's what people think of as the one mind or the collective consciousness. Chardin actually felt that our thoughts are collected in an energy field and reflected back. And that was, I mean, this is 29 years ago. I came up with this philosophy that if enough people on the planet could intentionally quiet their thinking it would quiet that newosphere, and if that gets incrementally, you know, back and forth reflected back to us incrementally, I believe it's a formula for world peace. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and that's and my other writing has been born out of that thought. That's what many of my poems um, reflect that concept. You know, as I think about your book and the fact that it's available for download now. And it's available. You can find the book on the link uh, in the program description. It's free. Am I correct? It is. And my, I'm. I'm <laughs> Tell me about that. I want to know because <laughs> usually well, people charge for their books, um, and I was really surprised. Well, I know it's. Um, you know, it's. Is it how? Why it's not in print? I'm not sure if I can really have an answer for that, but the. Okay. I had two I had two websites for a couple of decades, one for 20 more than 20 years, the other one for 15 years, and mm-hmm. my niece in Texas said that she 
she thought that she could make a new website for me that would be more concise and present, you know, use both web, merge both websites and make them into one that was clearer and more concise. And mm-hmm. over the last weeks, she actually did that, and it's the Earth, Ocean, Heaven site, HTTPS colon slash slash www.earthoceanheavens.com. And the book mm-hmm. is right there on the homepage. Just scroll down, a, you know, a little bit, and you just click on the link, and there's the book. Two pages, two of the monitor screen. It's 76 pages, so you just scroll down. Yes. Photos of the Caribbean, you know, of Indians in Panama, and, and, and I mean, Indians in, Indians in Panama and the Haitians, and I became mm-hmm. known for big sky photos and natural beauty presence photos, so a lot of those are in the book, and then some life stories, you know, it was really fun writing the book and putting it together. Mm-hmm. Please share a poem with us. Oh, sure. Well, um, this is, you know, the, <laughs> okay, so one that I'd like to share is something that I wrote. I had a critical head injury in 1993, and a flood of writing came through, and this is one of my favorite poems to share. It's 81 liners, and it, but I consider it a poem. Um, it's been published a few times, so it's um, notes from my, and I, and I had this critical head injury. I wrote almost every day in a couple of months, well, even less than a couple of months into it, I had a very clear thought in my mind to extract lines from the writing and put this piece together. So they're not actually in the sequence that I wrote them, that, you know, they're not in the sequence that how it's, how I extracted them, you know, because I'd go back through, they're not in the sequence that I wrote them in, they're in the sequence that I extracted them in. So you ready? Yes, I am. Oh, good. Okay, so visualize being on a spaceship, walking into infinity. Energetic truth is the deep truth within us. Let go of all things that want to die. Have an appetite for the death dance of the blood. Night of the soul is a place of transformation. Silence is a way to move towards essence. Love is not something that we do. It's like the breath. Peace will come, and with it many reflections of the light. To be deep is ultimate surrender. Live in the confluency of life. The whole of heaven can be contained in each one of us. In every act we do, the sweetness of the kingdom of heaven visits each one of us. The function of a human being is to take things that are intrinsically beautiful and turn them into heaven. Immortality is that we become a memory in the thought of God. When one becomes closer to being a mystic, one leaves meaning behind and lives more in the moment. A mystic lives in the interiority of life. Worship illuminates destiny. We are all facets of the diamond which is God, each of us reflecting light in our own way. Swim and dance in the beauty of life. Every time a cell becomes more awakened, God becomes fuller. Crisis can bring about an evolutionary leap. Now, that line, I think, is really indicative to what's going on in the world today. There are laws of manifestation. We, in fact, are co-creators and can more fully actualize our experience. There's a poem about my former husband and my daughter in the midst of the lines that I wrote, and it's 
Impressions of Douglas and Isis, loving, flowing, growing with me, the energy that is within. Forms, soft impressions. Gentleness is their place for me. Heartfelt love and laughter, complete with love and laughter, growing in harmony, blessing me, blessing. So then the next line is, at some point I have to stop admiring my life from a distance. There's an embryonic raw place that needs to be nurtured and loved. So so that's quite a few of them. You know, that's <laughs> it's kind of fun. Wow. It's fun to share. I, I mean, I do it from memory. I don't have it in front of me. So it's I remember different amounts of them different times. So, but that's a fair so amount. That was, so that was, from, that was from memory? That's from memory, yeah. That was, I don't wow. Have, yeah. Wow. Oh, I well. love the line. I love the line. And I'm... I may be paraphrasing. I've got to stop admiring my life from a distance. Yeah, well, that's it. At some point, I have to stop admiring my life from a distance. Well, there's, that's, you know, that's really, sublime. Well, they touched me very deeply when they were written, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, they've meant so much to me over all these years. It's, there, it's fascinating how, I mean, when one writes, it just, you have certain things that. One has certain pieces that one has written that really profoundly impact a person's life. It it and that yes. writing that writing at that time did that for me. It seemed to um, well, it was it was healing for one thing. I mean, I I wrote yes. every morning and the and the writing was healing. I I mean, it was interesting that I had this experience and it ended up not being as critical as the word critical head injury could define. <laughs> yes, so. I do understand. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back for a moment in time. Okay. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? An early experience. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, it's interesting, but Shakespeare comes to mind, you know, and it was, that mm-hmm. wasn't, I mean, his his writing just profoundly impacted me. And then, um, you know, when I came across Endymion in that poem, that was really very powerful for me. And and other poets just along the way, um, T.S. Eliot, you know, Emerson, I mean, some really Robert Graves. I mean, it's just quite a variety of, and Emerson writes about nature. I mean, there's a beautiful poem about nature. i put a bookmark in a book I'll I'll read that if I could um nature the rounded world is fair to see nine times folded in mystery though baffled seers cannot impart the secret of its laboring heart throb thine with nature's throbbing breast and all is clear from east to west spirit that lurks each form within beckons to spirit of its kin self-kindled every atom glows and hence the future which it owes. So that's Emerson's poem about nature. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a special place that you go to to write? Um, I actually get up in the morning and I, you know, as, after I brush my teeth and <laughs> make myself a <laughs> cup of tea, I sit with my laptop on my lap and and I write. It's a way to, to process life. I mean, it's. I took a course in the artist way years ago. I mean, quite a long time ago. And 
Julia Cameron suggests morning pages. I mean, you know, after my critical head injury, I was writing every day. So when I took the Artist Way course, I was already writing every day. But she felt that it really helps one to unblock anything in one's energy, pretty much. I mean, however you put that, you know, one's aura, you just one's mind. Um, and that's what I do. I get up in the morning and I write. And occasionally poems come out of it. I was part of a poetry group in Sarasota for years, the Gulfgate Poets, and we'd get a word or a phrase, something to to write a poem about, and and that's where, you know, several poems were written, and those are on the poetry page. You know, they're on on this new website. There are poems that one can see the titles of, and so a lot of those poems were written when I was part of that poetry group in Sarasota. All right. Well, please share another poem. Okay, well, um, earlier I said I'd I'd like to share a poem about my former husband, and I think this might be a good, you know, it's like a bio poem, but it was one of those assignments for the poetry group to write a poem about someone that had a large impact on your life. And I wrote a poem about my former husband, Douglas. And it's a vertical poem with pretty much one word under the other. Every once in a while there's a phrase, but it's, visually a vertical poem. So Douglas, brilliant, gentle, fearless, compassionate, lover of beauty, lover of nature, artistic contributor, heir of royalty and aristocracy, stepson of a world leader, father divine. My life has been enriched in ways I never dreamt of. I was housemate of J.M.W. Turner, co-director of one of the 99 finest museums in America, co-producer of a classical concert series with symphony and chamber orchestra musicians, a European traveler, I beheld the Mona Lisa. My life has been expanded in ways I never dreamed of. Gratitude, love, ethereal joy, I honestly never anticipated. So that's that poem. Wow. Linda, what do you... Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to ask you, you know, there are Millions of poets, millions of poets. What do you think makes your poetic voice different? What um, makes you stand well, out, I, my friend? Yeah, it perhaps speaks on a deeper level, to, okay. and it really addresses what is, you know, the world is in a crisis situation. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can deny that with a terrorist attack and what's going on in Ukraine with Russia and mm-hmm. I mean, every, and starvation rate. I mean, you know, I used to do pieces of art with writing with things like that. The, you know, I mean, with statistics actually, you know, the mm-hmm. percentage of, you know, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just awful. Some of the things that are going on on the planet. And I, I honestly for years have felt that in a heartbeat, literally the consciousness on the planet could lift if enough people mm-hmm. could quiet their thinking the entire collective consciousness would lift to a new level and people would be able to think more clearly and discern better you know about decisions that they need to make and i believe that it would help humanity to um engage with better better ways to create a, a happier and a more healthy future for all of us, for all of humanity, you know, with mm-hmm. no one left out, just 
with humanity as a family, the family of man. I mean, that was something that really struck me in my teens, you know, the family mm-hmm. of man. It's, it's, and then when I traveled, when I was in Haiti, I mean, it's the poorest country in this hemisphere. People had yes. absolutely nothing. I was there for three mm-hmm. months and I became so comfortable traveling that I'd take the public transportation to the end and find out when they were coming back in these remote, remote villages. And I would say, no matter who, the whole time that I was there, the whole three months, I'd say bonjour, and they would immediately sort of lift their shoulders and have bright eyes and a big smile and say, oh, bonjour, madame, comment y <laughs> You know, with just joy in their hearts, with literally absolutely nothing. You know, and and I'd have a conversation with them. With my, I tried to learn Creole while I was there. I, you know, I, I mean, that's what I had taken French in school and learned, you know, learned some French. And so I was the person that had to speak to the officials. And then, while you know, I tried to learn Creole, and so I'd try to have a conversation with them and just joy in their hearts with absolutely nothing. That it really made quite a difference in my quite an impact and quite a difference in my life for all these years wow it sounds like you've had a lifetime of experiences what i'd like you to do is to tell me about a poem you were proud of writing but afraid to share for fear of misinterpretation (laughs) oh I'm not sure if I've written a poem that I feared okay. could be misinterpreted because I think they're, <laughs> okay. they're all pretty straightforward. I mean, that's an all interesting right. question, Michael, but I, I really I don't have that sense about anything that I've written. I I feel it's pretty straightforward, and um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it really is straightforward, and it, it speaks of peace. And Well, so let's phrase it this way. Yes. Has a a poem that you've written ever frightened or humbled you? Well, humbled me, yes. Tell me about it. Well, (laughs) tell me about being humbled. Okay, so um, I had this critical head injury, and I started doing all the writing that I was doing. I was handwriting, and Mm -hmm. months into it. I asked all my neighbors if they had a laptop or a word processor that I could borrow so that it could be entered, you know, in, in a, into a laptop in Word documents. Yes. One day mm-hmm. a neighbor said, oh, my sister and I have a laptop you could borrow. It's at her house. The next day it was in my apartment. My daughter was nine at the time. She sat down immediately. She had already had three years of computer in school. Um, she started writing her autobiography. And... <laughs> She opened a Word document with the name Earth, Ocean, Heavens, which came to me like a lightning bolt out on the open ocean when I was sailing. It just, you know, a really profound thought that I'd write a book someday. That name came to me with a thought I'd write a book someday. But So she opened a Word document with the title Earth, Ocean, Heavens. We were having company for dinner, so the laptop was shut down at that time. The middle of the night, I woke up with a very short poem in my mind, and the mere the laptop opened up. We had a loft apartment, so it was, you know, just subtle light coming in through the skylight and into the room. It was really a moment in time for me. So the the monitor lit up and the earth, ocean, heavens with a blank page underneath it was on the monitor was what I could see. And this poem just dictated itself to me line by line. And it's nine lines and it's somewhat spiritual. So... 
All the beings of all the worlds are watching now, so desirous of our upliftment, praying to mankind to hear the calls. They've been in a steady stream, beaming to our heart's desires, caressing what we say we want. We could see the end continuum as clearly as they do, rising in the bluest skies, fully in our heart for love, being one with God. So that's what, you know, it just, line by line, it just flowed through. It was, you know, I'd enter the line in, and then the next line would enter my forehead, like, (laughs) 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 I fit in. So I didn't write it in a way. I I mean, I know I did. Would you please please share it again? I want to hear it one more time. I'd love to. Yeah, so. All the beings of all the worlds are watching now, so desirous of our upliftment, praying to mankind to hear the calls. They've been in a steady stream, beaming to our heart's desires, caressing what we say we want. We could see the end continuum as clearly as they do, rising in the bluest skies, fully in our heart for love, being one with God. Mm. What is the purpose of that poem, Linda? Well, it implies to me that we're capable of entering a quieter experience. And if one believes in heavenly beings, it feels Mm -hmm. like it's saying that they're there to support us, you know, that they're watching and desirous of our upliftment. It's, it really depends on a person's spiritual belief. It's, Yes. You know, it's I mean some people some spiritual paths don't believe in God and it's my mm-hmm. roots are so deeply um connected to the center of the earth about feeling like there's higher beings. It's it's hard for me yes. to deny that. And mm-hmm. and and even having the visuals in my mind's eye, um, after my the critical head injury that I had, I had a visual I'm not sure if you've ever heard of a book called the Urantia book, but I've been, you know, I've been reading it for decades and it's four books within one book. And one of the books describes creation as seven super universes revolving around a central place called the Isle of Paradise, you know, and the super universes have millions and billions of stars and planets. And after this critical head injury that I had, I had a visual of that like a 50-50 visual in my mind of walking around Boulder and working in a deli and being with my daughter. It, so it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it really, um, so many experiences have caused me to feel like there's potential for us to connect with higher thought and higher wisdom. That's a, that's you the know. way to put it, I think. Well, and I agree. I agree 100%. And as you said earlier, there is so much that is happening in our world. The good, the bad, the indifferent, and the ugly. What do you well, I know. View, what do you view as being the role of a poet in Monday society? Well, um, I think a poet and the way that they express themselves can help to change that. I mean, it's certainly what I've been efforting to do for years. It's, yes. you know, it's my heart. feels like my heart's calling. It's, you know, it's, it really is. Um, I was in Colorado for a number of years and actually 
was proud to become the Colorado District 2 coordinator for the campaign to establish a U.S. Department of Peace. It's known as the Peace Alliance now. Wow, very and, nice. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I arrived, the, you know, the, I mean, I heard about it. Dennis Kucinich and Marion Williamson, Dennis Kucinich is the senator, and Marion Williamson lectures widely on A Course in Miracles. And mm-hmm. um, the two of them put a bill before Congress to start a Department of Peace that would be m- more broad-based than what has already been established in Washington and I, you know, I, I heard about them and I, I went to a meeting that they had. It was in a minister's office in a church in, in Boulder, several people sitting around a table and I love to drive, you know, and travel. So I thought, I said, you know, if you want me to drive around the state and, you know, if you want to give me a script and tell me where to go, whatever that I, uh, you know, I'll, I'd love to do that. And this, second meeting that I went, they met bi-monthly. The second meeting, the district coordinator was becoming the co-state coordinator, and she delegated all of her responsi- a lot of responsibilities around the table, and she said, the one role that I still have to fill is my position, and she looked right at me, and she said, what you offered makes it perfect for you to be the district coordinator. So, <laughs> so I, was for, I was for two years. And then um, there was a month of events called Visions of Peace, and I shared poetry at them. And the state coordinator, Barbara Rivera, one of the co-state coordinators at that time, um, introduced me as the Colorado Department of Peace Poet Laureate, which, you know, I've always, I've just have been really proud of. So, um, and that was, you know, a very meaningful time to me being involved with, with them. Um, they're still, you know, they're still working on the Peace Alliance is still very vibrant. I mean, anyone can Google that and um, find out about it. I like that very much, and I will. You know, I shared with you prior to the show starting that I felt your voice is quite melodious. It just has a, a calming effect. It really does. And so what oh, I, I wanted to know, and I may have asked in, what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Well, um, it, what came, comes to mind is that I was, was in a Shakespeare class last year. And, mm-hmm. well, you know, it was the class was the audience. But when I'd get up to share something, almost everyone made a comment that when I shared my poetry that the tone and the and the you know the just the way that my voice sounded was totally changed when I shared my poetry. So it's if it becomes deeper or more resonant, I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> you know it, it is it just that's my it is what it is. Your answers, your, well, let's, let's go a little let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper. Why do you think that that uh, transformation happens or something otherworldly well i guess you know when i share something like that write writings of any kind i Mm -hmm. it's probably a centering within myself that just automatically occurs i'm not sure if it's a if i think about it but i internally become more quiet and more mindful and perhaps more focused just um Mm -hmm. To, to mm. give whatever I'm sharing 
as my, you know my my best self. So, so well, and, and the reason I ask that, that question is that whenever I share poetry and I view myself as being a spoken word artist, right? Something else, something else takes over, and I feel like I'm at my in my. <laughs> In my truest, in my truest self, I'm the right. Michael Anthony Ingram that I've always wanted to be in real life. I'm able to do that in a poem when I share. But once the poem is over, I'm back to <laughs> truly real life, and that's where the vulnerability <laughs> set in again. So that's why that's why I was asking. Well, I think I, I experienced something um, similar. Mm-hmm. I could actually share a piece. It's it's. A few minutes, if you don't mind. I mean, it's no, please, please. One of my favorite Would you like, pieces as well. Let me say this: Would you like to take a brief break first and come back, or would you like to do oh, it before the break? Oh, that's fine. If you'd like to, sure. Either way. Yes. Okay. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Okay. We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with Linda Olson Graham. Linda, please share your poem. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Beautiful music, too. That was lovely. Thank you. That was a nice so touch. Yeah, <laughs> it fit well, right it in. Was. Yeah, the piece is it's titled Notes from My Journal. I mean, Notes Taken During a Zen Master's Talk Interspersed with My Own Writing. When I hear a talk, I write very fluidly. It boils down from what the person said, and a lot, often it's said in my own writing. So the Zen master probably spoke for a half hour or 40 minutes, and these were my notes. Zen, life is here, life is now. Do it, be it. Wisdom, softening, in our presence. What is it we need to hold up to face the world? Who am I expecting myself to be? Ah, we are so blessed by the presence of presence. Time to trust more, sense of space, which will allow clarity, make contact, be okay with who we are, center ourselves, make connection, find the space to have clarity and openness. Each person must find this on their own. That's interesting, boy. I've never not remembered it, and I and I lost my place there. But it's um, it's just you know it's it's on my website um, as the Zen piece, and it's, it's all right. It's really a, I'm so sorry. I, I I didn't have it written down, and and I've never not remembered it. But there, I kind of had a pause, and so I regret that happened. No, don't worry. Don't worry. That's happened to me many, many times. Many times. You shared what you needed to share. It was a beautiful, beautiful piece. 
beautiful, beautiful well, piece. Yeah, it's remarkable. He was it was really powerful that um what he shared and um just really powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, Linda, there's an image of poets being overcome with inspiration and having to write everything out of nowhere and at once. Does this ever happen to you, being overcome with inspiration? Well, I have, um, you know, sometimes I've written things and it's it's just, you know, that minute, I, it's, it's just has to be written. That's with mm-hmm. poetry. I mean, that's, it was fascinating when I was part of the poetry group in Sarasota. A lot of those poems were written very easily. They just more or less wrote themselves. There's there's a poem titled Beginnings, which I could share. I'd like that. Please yeah. do. Yes. Beginnings from creation breathe peace and joy and balance. They are what reality is made of. Humanity chooses. How conscious we are of our breath in each moment as it enters and exits our body, determines our experience. Letting go of thinking gently with very little effort is an essential component. We, as a collected race of people, could enter what's called heaven. Here, now, we simply need to choose it. So that's the end of that poem. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, their poetry is just... It's fun when when a person writes poetry and you see what has, mm-hmm. is in the you've really not thought about it while you're writing about it, and then you get to read it afterwards. It's yes. <laughs> well, it sounds like, based on what I've heard so far, that your work is full of emotion. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's about no, emotion. It's, yeah, it's full of emotion. Um Okay. Yeah, so I'm actually right. going to, if it's okay, it, you know, I found this Zen piece, and I could read the rest of it, if that's all right. Yes, yes, please. Oh, thanks. Yeah, because I have it, it's online on the site, so it's, um, and I'm, you know, I, I'll just read, oh, I'll read what's written. Remember to connect, to open, have a way to support ourselves, to remember who we are. Our capacity is to bring forth a sense of connectedness, learn how to make that contact, explore how to do that. Deepen our sense of being, soften the face, open the heart, learn to trust, start to see, start to see the face I bring to everything in the world. Look at it. If it has anxiety, depression, if it has inadequacies that need to be covered up, see who is this person. These questions are like jewels that we have to savor. Everything is an answer relating to how we relate to the world. Sit on a spacecraft read poetry, then try to bring that home to places of intensity and potency and expression of my existence. Buddhism suggests start off where it's easy. Notice the obvious mystery of being alive. Carry it forward, start to see. Remember that we do it our way. Then we have to find a way, find out what touches our heart. Then look at the teachings. They offer us a map. Every spiritual discipline offers us compassion, patience, etc. Spirituality transcends the tradition. It goes underneath it. Then ask the way to bring spirituality, compassion, etc. into my life. When we see where we're separate, that's our path. When we see our yearning, if only, etc. The spiritual path asks us to make this amazing turnaround. 
Look at what is the source of this discomfort. If we're angry, greedy, etc., it's a start to actually seem. Have compassion for ourselves. In the Zen path, we develop the capacity to notice three qualities. Attention, tension, attention. Honesty facilitates attention. Humility contributes. Be candidly honest with ourselves. The dark night of the soul, what does that mean? In Zen, sit there, be with it. Stay open to what's going on. In the craft of meditation, it's okay to experiment. Ask, in what way does the breath facilitate this opening? Allow the struggle to be turned into acceptance. The world has not abandoned us. It is also the source of our joy. We have to experience it by ourselves to trust it completely. Allow myself to trust which has to be earned. Discover that experience and deepen it right down into our bones. Each person must find their path and explore it for themselves. What supports us? What will guide us? What will inspire us? Be willing to have a more honest, radical perspective of our lives. Greet it with an open hand. Allow them to become our allies instead of our enemies. Can you imagine what it must be like for a dying person to realize how there's no turning back? Can we be satisfied by the softness of the sheets? Have the blessing of meeting each such experience. Let it be a clue. Keep our heart open. We will see there are teachers everywhere. The world guides us. The contact we're making with our experience is where we'll start to see our authentic face. We don't have one single face that face the world or our lives. The occasions when things drop away are real. Turn towards our ordinariness. Have honesty and acknowledge these moments. It's okay to put ourselves in situations where there's growth. So that, those were my notes that were boiled down from him talking for a half hour, 40 minutes. And then I wrote, has there been a shift? And one word pretty much under the other, I wrote, it's time to settle into transformation and accept our divinity as we become quieter and calm our hearts and minds. I feel the peace will come. So that's wow. the end of that wow. poem. Oh, yes. Wow, incredible. Well, I love it. Yeah, I feel I really love it. <laughs> well, there are a couple of things I want to say. First, sure. have you ever explored audiobooks? Uh, are, you, are your poems recorded anywhere? Again, your voice is the kind of voice that people will need to hear, uh, to listen to. I really implore you, if you've not, to look into that, into recording good yeah, voiceovers. Um, on YouTube, if someone puts my name and Olson, Linda's O-H-L-S-O-N, Linda Olson Graham, if they put, yes. and no hyphen, if they put my name into a YouTube search, I believe, I don't know the exact Earl, but there's someone um, videoed, uh, you know, made a video. For, there was a film festival, and okay. I had a friend who was a fisherman, and a gentleman made a video for the film festival. And I talked with the gentleman and said, is there any, you know, we lived in, he lived in town. I said, is there any chance that you would video me record with my poetry? This was years ago. I mean, 2011, maybe. And um, mm-hmm. so he set me down in a, in a room that was, with very, it was a building that was being rebuilt. It, I mean, there had been a fire and a room that had hardly anything into it looking out on, 
Cape Cod Bay, third floor apartment, and a video camera, and he left. And I recorded probably 40 minutes of my poetry, and then I went to the library, and um, a, the woman who was the, the tech help person helped me to segment it. So it's and it has some of my sky photos introducing each segment. So it's you know a number of my poems that are that are there on YouTube. All right, that's great. Oh, <laughs> I would have been remiss if I did not say that. <laughs> you, again, you've got the kind of voice people need to listen to. Wow. Yeah, thank you, Michael. That's so nice of you to say. <laughs> what I want to know, my friend, is that you've lived a life. You've had, it sounds like, as, as we've all had experiences, but, and, but everybody's experience is unique to them. Based on your experiences, what I want to know is, does writing energize or exhaust you? Oh, it energizes me. Tell me more. Yeah, I never, would never get tired from writing. <laughs> I have to. I mean, I really have to pull myself away from it sometimes when, I, you know, when I'm writing in the morning. I'm just there's things going on during the day, and it's just. I mean, I have to really be disciplined so that I, I, you know, I don't do it for hours. <laughs> so. Well, okay, which leads me to the question: Do you think you were meant to be a poet? Well, with the writing that has come through me. Mm-hmm. And it speaks of peace on earth. I mean, the the planet so needs a path to peace right now. And the yes, writing of a very, you know, um, I mean, it's really, I mean, anyone could engage with what the writing suggests. A moment or two of silence. The um, The Peace Alliance has actually, you know, they've done these global silent minutes. And they they have a suggestion that everyone at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time, you know, just take a minute to have a, a silent minute, a global silent minute. And that's what I think could heal the planet is if the, the atmosphere of the planet would quiet. If, if Chardin's new sphere is an actuality that, you know, enough people quieting their thinking. And that's something that everybody can do is just, you know, any time during the day, just sit and have, you know, quiet one's thoughts, either watch one's breath or, you know, sometimes people use a mantra. The universal mantra is OM, so just long mm-hmm. breath in. Um, and then, but with intentionally quieting thinking if it surfaces. And I really think that could heal our planet and, and help us all to enter a quieter, more peaceful next cycle of, of humanity's experience. Well, as you think about being a poet, what surprises you about being a poet? Well, I really have been surprised at some of the poems. I mean, I, when, it, <laughs> when they first happened, you know, when I first started mm-hmm. writing poetry, um, I mean, my first two poems were to the gentleman that I sailed with thousands of miles, and we were off the northern mm-hmm. coast of Panama, and you know, just a very simple poem, Joseph, the peace and calm I feel in my heart stem from the love we know. You have been, you are, you always will be a mate to my soul. Very simply stated. Um, a year or so later, we were up on Cape Cod and we were about to sail from here to the Virgin Islands. And a very short poem, August over, autumn comes, 
I look forward to sailing with you, Joseph. I love you more each day. I'm, you know, written as a poem. And then mm-hmm. um, before my my former husband and I separated, I, I didn't know that I had written this poem, and I found it when I was collecting my things. I, we're in Denver, and wherever you are, you can see the mountains. And this is a very short, simply stated poem also. It's sky edge, mountain peaks. A sea of city lights illumines nighttime in the minds of men. Awaken still news of joyous quiet. Fill full the day. So, mm. you know, some of them are very short and some of them are longer. It's, right, it's, they, they've right. been so meaningful to me. Mm. You know, as a poet, here's a question that I often ask. What would you choose to be your mascot, avatar, or spirit animal, and why? Oh, my. See, that's why they pay me the big bucks. You know, <laughs> to ask the questions that the people are thinking. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. So, I, you know, an avatar, I mean, um, or I'm not sure animal, or anyone specific, but I, I have, I actually really admire, and it's interesting, I really admire what Elon Musk is doing and Richard mm-hmm. Branson. I think they both are, are making an impact on our world that, you know, I read a biography of Elon Musk, and, it, you know, he's just, for him to have the ease of speaking the way he does, I mean, he was on Saturday Night Live with his mother. I don't know if anyone saw that, but it was incredible to hear the two of his, he and his mother dialogue on a Saturday Night Live, and then he's building <laughs> rockets to go to the moon. You know, yes, he is. I just, it, was, it was remarkable to read his biography, and I just... I admire who he is as a person, and and I think Richard Branson is really, you know, he has a straightforward way of looking at the world, and um, I admire who he is. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, Linda, how would you classify your ability to write as a creative gift or creative art, or both? Both, I would say. Because the gift is when it when writing just flows through me, and I guess you know my own input into it and um, creates the art where where it becomes more than it originally was. Because you know I don't really change poems, but I minimally, and um, I mean I do think about them, and I do you know I mean compose poems sometimes, but often they they are they flow so it's mm-hmm. that's a gift when that happens and and the art comes when one works on it so, so I think all right that's... all right you know we've almost come to the end of our poetic journey would you please share one more poem to bring everything together sure i'd love that. how about a poem titled heaven oh <laughs> i really love that one all right <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Hopefully that's where I'm going. So, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some days I don't know, but go ahead, <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. All right. Heaven is a breath away. It's this close. Look, I'm breathing. Consciousness can be multiplied by mankind watching breathing. What a concept! An even larger concept. Breathe in through the crown, out through the navel, hence heaven. 
could it be that simple? And then I sh- I'll share a line that um, used to close one of my websites. It's, it's, please hold the thought with me that peace on earth and calmer weather patterns and into terrorist attacks and insights into curing and eradicating the pandemic can easily happen in a moment or two of silence in enough of the collective mind. So there you go. Actually, actually, I'd like you to share the heaven poem one more time, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Heaven is a breath away. It's this close. Look, I'm breathing. Consciousness can be multiplied by mankind watching, breathing. What a concept, an even larger concept. Breathe in through the crown, which is the top of the head, out through the navel, hence heaven. Could it be that simple? Mm. So there you wow. go. Well, thanks, Michael. You're wow. Wow, that was just incredible. Linda, oh, what piece of advice... What piece of advice would you give to your readers when they open your book? What Before they open your book, what piece of advice would you give to them or any of your writings? Well, you know, mindfulness, just for people to take a moment and become focused, sort of, you know, to inten- intentionally doing things is different than sometimes things just happening or feeling, yes. you know, that's the way I am. It's having a conscious intention before reading or before really doing anything, a conscious intention to be more engaged, to be as engaged mm-hmm. as maybe more, not more engaged, but to be as engaged as possible with what's being said and what's being relayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I, I'm in a mindful, mindfulness listening, uh, mindfulness breathing class. I've been in this class for the test last two years, every Monday at 12 o'clock. And oh, just listening to you tonight, yes, just listening to you tonight just reminds me how important it is to be in, intentional about your breathing so that you can gain exactly. benefit from it. Well, it's, wow. it, I think it changes a person's life when one realizes that, that, you know, to just, when, because you, one is able to have more oxygen enter one's body when one's mindful about one's breathing. And, and that's what brings health and healing. Mm-hmm. It's, I agree. You know, I mean, aerobic exercise is really good too, but I mean, just being aware of one's breath and, you know, if you, if you breathe, one breathes in intentionally, then that oxygen is more being more intentionally um, absorbed, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's one qu- we only hit, and I, I want to continue and continue and continue, but this is one question that I've never asked anyone, and you pretty much answered it. The question is, do you find any connection between your health, physical or mental, and your relationship with poetry? Oh, definitely. And it sounds like, yes. Yeah, def- it's healing. It's been healing to me. I mean, the writing years ago when when all that writing was coming through i just you know i i mean that's when it all began i just i i wrote in a day timer that were those there's i think they're three and a half by six or seven or so with six rings you know those day timer binders and i actually have twenty thousand day timer pages in a little oak ice chest in the corner of my living room right here that i wrote you know back then and 
um, with visuals and it was totally healing to me. It just felt nurturing and um, like it was giving me what my body needed and my body, mind, mm-hmm. soul and breath, every every bit of every atom of me, it just nurtured me. And I'm, so I'm wow. very, very grateful for it for that reason. And, um, and it's, I mean, you have this experience too, when you share poetry in front of a group and you get, mm-hmm. you have an, an, a response that with gratitude and people say your poetry really moved me or it, yeah, you know, it's just, um, what a joy when that happens. It's just really a joy. Wow. It's so yeah. I mean, you must have had that happen, too. So. Oh, yeah, countless times. I think yeah. I want to be you. I want to be you, Linda. I want no, to no, be no. you. I, I you want to adopt you. your own philosophy. <laughs> I want to live like well, you, Linda. It's, 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 I truly do. <laughs> well, here we go. Where can listeners find your work? Well, that's what I was just kind of thinking of. That's we're right on the same page because I was hoping that we could mention my website address again, and it's yes. EarthOceanHeavens.com. EarthOceanHeavens.com. All right. right, all right. How can listeners stay in touch with you, my friend? Well, there's a contact page on the site, so anyone mm-hmm. can contact me through the contact page on the on the website. All right, and finally. What's next for you? Where do you go from here? Well, um, just keep, you know, I, that when I put the, that formula for world peace together after September 11th, the, you know, the next morning, mm-hmm. I put together an 80 who's who in the world address list, a media advisory list, and had, you know, I mean, 67 events. I've shared in front of as many as a thousand people and every event I've wow. sent out a media advisory to all those addresses. I mean, everybody you can think of, you know, the television stations, radio stations, all the papers. Um, I mean, just, you know, I could start naming a few, but I mean, anything that you can think of, that's a world broadcast media address. I've sent media advisories. So it, I'm just, you know, my future holds the thought that it'll the vision will get globally recognized. You know, that's oh, very nice. That's the that's the prayer in my heart. It, and it's not from not not a personal prayer. It's a prayer for humanity because humanity yes. really, you know, right. At, I mean, years ago, those two lines that I wrote, it's almost thirty years ago, twenty nine years ago plus. Um, Two of the lines that I wrote, one was crisis can bring about an evolutionary leap, which is right here where we are right now today with mm-hmm. crisis. And then another one of those lines is there are laws of manifestation. We, in fact, are co-creators and can more fully actualize our experience. I think positive thought really has, you know, when one is thinking even within oneself to either express positive thoughts rather than judgments or, you know, for to mindfulness, really, what, you know, I mean, yes. what you were saying that just for people to intention that whatever they express is putting good into the atmosphere and, and adding healing to whatever needs healing, that if people mm-hmm. have that intention, if they really want peace, 
to express in a peaceful way with without judgment about anything, just, you know, rather than saying anything about what's really what's wrong, to think a positive thought and to intention, to mindfully intention positivity coming forward in the world, to just even see it in their mind. I mean, just I, I, years ago, when I first went to Denver, I was in Denver for 17 years. I mean, it, it was really, I went for two weeks and stayed 17 years. And I took a class in creative visualization, a book by a woman named Shakti Gowan. And it's, you know, similar to the the form of Buddhism, that, you know, the Nishiran Buddhism, where one affirms positive thoughts, creative visualization, that you, you visualize, one visualizes what one wants to create, that that's the focus in one's mind, what one wants to create. And that, so if people realize that collectively we could create a new reality for humanity, and then enough people sent out those positive thoughts, I really believe it would be actualized. I just believe that. I've believed it for years. I, so I just am happy to be on your show. <laughs> to oh, I, I'm it. happy too. I am yeah, happy too. Myself. I want to thank I you. I guess, I, something compels me to ask you. Do you live your life as if it's a poem? Do you live your life like it's a poem? Oh, probably would say more of an artistic expression rather than a poem. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, then. All right. Because it encompasses, you know, more than just poetry, but it's, it's, um, you know, I'm a creative person and I, I've ridden a, I ride a bike. I don't have a car and I get around oh, on wow. a bicycle I, and I'm, you know, I'm an older person. So it's, Yes, so am I. I mean, it's just interesting. I love it. I understand. Well, look, honestly, I could listen to you talk all night long. Thank you so much. I enjoy hearing what you're sharing. (laughs) Well, I've enjoyed it. It's been lovely to talk with you. I've really enjoyed it myself. Thank you so much. Well, I'm glad. And and you're welcome back anytime. Just just let me know. Because I view you, Linda, (laughs) as being a gift to the poetic universe. Oh, you're um, Thanks. I just want to thank you, and I wish you nothing but the best, because the message that you're preaching is one that we all need to hear. The message that you're sharing, the message that you're giving is one that we all need to take in and embrace. Well, thank you so much. Yes. I mean, the the website, that's it, a a vision that could lead humanity to world peace and a calming of Mm -hmm. our Earth's weather patterns. You know, the weather patterns, I think, are a reflection of the emotions on the planet and the chaos. And I think if mm-hmm. collectively we quieted ourselves, I think the weather patterns would immediately quiet. I really, some of the, you know, some of the the lines back, back all those years ago, nature is an open book to enlightenment. Our process is to learn and read it. Um, mm-hmm. As mankind comes, as quote unquote nature, mother will be pleased. You know, there just there were lines back then that we've talked about nature and and the healing of the planet. Yes, all are important. All right, good people. <laughs> we've thank come to you, the Michael. end of another program. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Linda Olson Graham. <laughs> right. Well, thank you, and to Michael. the listening audience.
All right. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. All right. To the listening audience, I thank you as always for tuning in. And as I share with you every single week, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everybody. Good night, Linda. Good night, Michael. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.